The Welsh Wire, where talent and business connect in West Michigan. The Welsh Wire features moderator Mike Rogers and professional recruiting expert Sherry Welsh in this weekly podcast. Listen in as leaders from a wide array of small to mid-sized West Michigan companies weigh in and share their experiences and insights on a variety of business topics, including employee retention challenges and recruitment success stories. Hi, everybody. This is Mike Rogers, and welcome to the very first Welsh Wire podcast. Here's your host, Sherry Welsh. We're here with Brad Morrill who is with Crystal Flash. Brad, welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. Tell us a little bit about Crystal Flash and your role within the company, Brad. Sure. Crystal Flash is an 85-year-old company. We're a distributor of fuels and lubricants. So I like to tell people to think about gas-to-gas stations, diesel fuel to farmers and construction people, propane to residential homes, lubricants to fleets and manufacturing companies. That's what we mean by distributor of fuels and lubricants. Uh, my role here is as the director of commercial business is to focus on our B2B business. So uh, I run kind of the revenue side of the B2B business. So what products and services are we going to offer to our customers? What's the pricing of, the, of those products and services? Are we getting the revenue and the, and the margin that we want? Uh, customer retention, customer growth, so sales. All those things kind of fall in my, pur- my purview here at Crystal Flash. What's the footprint of your business? What's the geographic region you cover? Thank you. Yes, we cover the, the mitten, so the lower half of Michigan very well. We do happen to get across the bridge to a few customers in the north. And then we get into the northern part of Indiana and a little bit of the northwestern corner of Ohio as well. Big territory, very large area. It is. It Asians. is. We don't do we don't do much in the thumb of Michigan, so kind of Detroit and north through the thumb, but pretty much everywhere else we can get something delivered delivered to people. Right, right. So you've been with the company how many years now, Brad? You know, I just crossed over my four-year anniversary. Ah, mm-hmm. so you were part of the new leadership team that yes. came in yes. a few years ago to do some things different in a company that had been doing great for 80 years. Yes, 85 now, but 80 at the time I got here. Yeah, and we're facing some challenges mm-hmm. in the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us a little bit about what that looked like when you came here. Well, we are. The industry as a whole is challenged because, you know, we're not creating the iPod or something. We're not creating something new that everybody's got to have, right? Anybody who needs gasoline or diesel or lubricants or propane has it somehow, some way today. We're actually in a contracting business. Mm. And so if you think about cars are getting more fuel efficient, so Mm -hmm. we're actually using less gasoline. Same thing with diesel engines. From a propane perspective, people are building new homes, which are much more um, fuel efficient, heat right. efficient. They're putting in more efficient appliances. So really, we're contracting the amount of product that we're selling in this country. So what, what that means is that we're really going after a customer base, which is a very defined customer base. There aren't a lot of new customers, really. So sure. we're stealing from each other. And the industry as a whole, when you get into these kind of industries, they start to consolidate is what they do. Right. So part of our goal and our strategy is to be one of the consolidators, right? To come out the backside as one of the larger regional uh, companies that has survived and swallowed up some of the smaller mom and pop shops. Absolutely. That's a big part of our strategy. But we also have to still organically grow as we go along. Right. 
Right. Mm-hmm. So that's been one of the biggest challenges that you have faced is how to continue that growth. And I know that we have talked too about some of the challenges you had internally with understanding your customers are real key probably to growing the business and knowing whether an acquisition would make sense or not is to know what your top customers are, who they are. A- absolutely. Uh, I chuckle when, when I got here Four years ago, the sales team, just the commercial sales team, was about was eight people, I think, at that time. And they were on their probably third CRM system mm. in, you know, 10 years or so. And the customer information, the prospect information there, we hadn't done a good job of data management. There was just garbage all in there. You couldn't tell who was who. Hard to find target lists. And frankly, for a company that had been in business for 80 years at that time, we had very little usable information on people that had been our customers for decades. Oh, no. We've got some farm <laughs> customers that literally for, have been our customer for generations, have come from grandpa and grandma to mom and dad to the next generation. And yet, other than some transactional history going back maybe 15 years, we really knew nothing about those folks oh my. systemically. It was all in people's heads, right? Longtime employees who know the, who know the family, know the farm, for example, uh, could tell you their, the dog's name, the kid's name when people got married, but we had nothing to help us. Wow. So, yeah. so great that you had a few people in the organization that had good relationships, sure. but a big liability for the organization because if Sally and customer service leaves the organization, so goes 30 or 40 years of history on the Smith family farm out the door with her. You absolutely have it right there. And so the vision that I brought to the team is I said, you know, I I think part of the legacy that we need to leave for the people that come behind us in this company, we need to leave them with that historical information so that 80 years from now, they can look back and at least have the next 80 years of information. And that's what we're trying to accomplish with the CRM, which, to be clear, is customer relationship management, right? That's what that stands for, customer relationship management. We're trying to manage the relationship with the customer all the way around, not just the transactional we delivered this many gallons at this price on this date. Right. So what does that capture for you? What is a good CRM system or what do you feel it should capture for you? Yeah. Well, we're trying to capture all the connections that we have. So when a person, if they call in and ask us questions, they need help, they're looking for a new product or something, we try to capture every touch point that we have with a customer so we can see that history over time. Phone calls, visits by salespeople, if drivers uh, make a make a stop there and notice something's going on that they think that we should have in the account we are trying to capture information about the, about the people themselves so when are their anniversaries who's has a kid getting married right? nice. who's going to have a grandchild right stuff that we can so that we can remember that remember names um, we are capturing, we're integrating the CRM with our back office system so that instantly when a rep is looking in the CRM, they'll be able to see transactional history. We, excuse me, transactional history. We've got five years of transactional history immediately at a click that somebody can see 
what this customer has done with us for five years every year. So how many gallons of diesel, how many gallons of propane, et cetera. So we know exactly what's going on with this customer. One place to view kind of the whole setup of the customer. That's ideal. I Really. So who has access to that data? Who can use that to, to make good decisions about mm-hmm. the way they serve those customers? And let me ask you too, how does that information about, you know, John and Mary's anniversary date or gee, I stepped out here and we had a problem with the tank and I fixed thus and so and I, how does that information get into the system? Right. It is absolutely one of the challenges that every company faces with CRM, right? It's a data black hole or it can be. Can be, and, right. right. And it takes and it takes a lot of time and effort to put the information in and to put it in, in a usable way. So one of the key things I, I know you'll probably ask me a little bit later about uh, uh, key successes or things to watch out for when you install a CRM. And I'll talk about one of those now. The design up front needs to be really well thought out so that you have a field for somebody's anniversary date, a field for somebody's spouse's mm-hmm. name, so that as the users then later on in the process are, are looking at John Smith, there's a field right below it that says spouse's name, and it's easy to put there. And when you have these fields and it's well-designed and well-laid out, a year, two years, 10 years from now, when you're going back and you're running a report on all your customers and their spouse's names right beside it, you have the information there, right? So a simple example, but one that the design is very important to think through. And I would suggest to you that CRM failures are because IT departments run CRM projects. You need business people to run CRM projects. It's a business tool. Uh, it's a business need for customers. And so a business person really needs to get into the weeds and dig down into it and think through their processes and their long-term needs to make it work correctly in the long term. I would guess that you, it was a collaborative effort when you put that together here. So that's exactly what you did. You brought your IT folks in together with the business folks and got the Mm buy-in that they believed that this was a change worth making for the good of the organization. Because without that, it's probably not going to go well. That's true. Uh, I will add on that we're headed down a path where our whole organization will use the CRM eventually. But we didn't start out there. We started out with a very small, merry band of commercial salespeople who needed a tool to do their job, right? And went to our IT friends and begged, borrow, and stole enough resources to do this and got some outside help from resources to make this happen. And so you're talking about a group of eight to 10 people who were really the genesis of this in our 260-person company. Now, that was three and a half to four years ago when we started this project. And when we fast forward today, what we find is that after about a year of the business salespeople using this tool, all of a sudden the residential salespeople said, you know what? We could use something like that. I wondered if they they got in on it. They came along. There was another six to eight people. Then before you know it, the credit department said, well, we could use that to help with the credit. We could integrate your credit reports when we do credit reports on business people and homeowners. We integrated credit. 
And then you go to the next step, and it's the account setup folks. And then you go to the next step, it's the service and install people, which is where we are right now. We just uh, launched our service and install portion. So those folks can watch the process all the way from the start when we have a prospect down at this end. We capture all the information. We run it through credit. We approve it. We get the account set up. We hand it over to our service and install people who then go set a tank, get the product put in the tank for the first time, and now they become an ongoing customer. Excellent. So we have slowly grown this and integrated this across the company. We've got a ways to go still, but I would say today, you know, we've gone from – 10 users, let's say, to 40 or 50 users, and we'll add another 20, 25 this year. Wonderful. So, and they're all taking the opportunity to put their own information in, in their selected fields that they've got data to add, Yes. right? And now when your sales team is out making calls, I'm guessing that the first thing they do before they make a call on that business or that farm is they pull up the account, read all the information. Now, could you say that's true so far for customer service or credit? I mean, are they accessing all the information before they make a call as well to get history? And They're not. And you'll get a chuckle over this because this is a CRM, Customer Relationship Management System. Believe it or not, our 20 or 25 customer service reps who take inbound calls do not use this system today. Oh, my. But I they know. will be, right? Yes. At first blush, <laughs> you think to yourself, are you kidding? That is crazy, right? But if you think about the genesis that I just talked about, we're at a point right now where another project going on is we're changing our back office system oh, okay. this year. And that process, I think, will happen here in about four months. When that changeover happens, the, the new back office system integrates with the CRM and everybody will be able to move to it. So it's part of a longer term process and a vision. It's probably not ideal, right? But it's the way things go. Right, right. But but you're on a path to get there and you've made great strides. Yes. That's four years ago when you came here and everything was kind of contained maybe in some paper files or mm-hmm. in an outdated system that really didn't have good information that was usable, it sounds like. Absolutely. And if I could share that, that's another takeaway I would sure. give to folks. You know, we'll kind of sprinkle them in here maybe as we go. I think that demonstrates one of the things I would share with folks is you just got to get going, right? And yeah. so it, it's not going to be perfect. Um, no just, ideal time. No ideal time frame, right? Just get going. Find a place that wants it. In our case, it was it was business sales, right? Could be residential sales. It could have been the service department. It could have been a lot of places where it started. It happened to start with sales for us and B2B. And that's from what I've heard from folks that do this for a living. That's an, often a place that it starts in an organization. Sure. And then it just kind of organically takes off from there, frankly. Because the value is seen, right, throughout the organization. Yes, if you do it right. So how you said that you had had some CRM systems in the past, had something you were working on. Obviously, you needed to make changes. How did you select the software, the company to work with? Um, You know, what what does the pricing look like? Is it all over the board? Mm -hmm. Tell us about that process for you, Brad. Sure, thanks. If we were, if you were to Google CRM systems today, I mean, you would find... 200 oh. that would come up at least, right? Certainly. I mean, everybody yeah. from small mom and pop, you know, on the web only type things to just ginormous 
um, you know, Cisco and Sage and Microsoft and Salesforce type systems. Right. And industry specific. But if you're in a niche industry, there may not be a tool specifically designed for you even. I don't know. Was there for you? Was there a specific tool for your industry? There are some that are more uh, focused on on, uh, our our industry, excuse me. But um, but what we felt is uh, historically we'd had one CRM system, which had been an on-premise kind of system where you could only access it if you were on the company network. Didn't do very good for outside salespeople who were working from home or on the road. Then we'd gone to an online system, but we it was a inexpensive thing that we hadn't really customized, and it just wasn't doing the job for mm-hmm. us. So as we looked at that, and we looked at the fact that we were a 260-person company and growing and trying to be one of the survivors in our uh, in our industry, we said we need we need something robust. We need something that can grow with us. We need something that can integrate. We hired a third-party outside consultant who specializes in CRMs. We went through a process, talked about all these things. Really ended up looking at the big two when it came down to it, Salesforce and Microsoft Dynamics, and ultimately chose Microsoft Dynamics because we're a Microsoft shop. Most of our back office systems run on Microsoft. It was easy to integrate. It was easy for a licensing perspective. And so we chose Microsoft Dynamics and then customized it from there. Okay. So that was a good choice for you. You brought in a consultant. Do you recommend that that's a good way to start the process? Absolutely. Uh, frankly, I couldn't sit, can't sit, can't see doing it any other way. It's almost like you don't know what you don't know. I still don't know what I don't know today. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, not only did they help us do the original project, then they did the inside sales project, then they did the credit project, then they did the right. They they do all this for us, yeah. and we and we have an ongoing kind of maintenance, monthly maintenance, uh, and helped us support contract with them. And there are days I just pick up the phone and call the lead guy over there and say, hey, I'm trying to do this or this has come up in our world. How do we how do we do this? What would be the best path? Uh, and that's a great resource to have. Right. Implementing a tool like this certainly is not inexpensive, right? There's Correct. a price to the organization. But when you looked at the ROI on that and now three to four years later after the implementation, not fully completed yet, but pretty well there. Um, any question that that was money well spent? That's a really interesting dialogue to have with people. And if any of the listeners out there have figured out the key to calculating ROI on technical projects, I would love to talk to them. <laughs> Please send them my way. <laughs> it's an internal debate that we have all the time. We were just having this conversation with our board of directors at the recent meeting that we had, too, on how to define that. And putting hard numbers to it is really hard. Yeah. But the flip side is if you don't do it and you don't have the tools and you can't grow and you can't get the information you need in today's world, you're at such a huge disadvantage. That's it, right. It's, it's like you, it's a, it's the keys of the ball game, right? You have to have it just to be in the ball game. Right. Right. And so, you know, I'd love to tell you that we have a great ROI on the thing. I don't know what it is, frankly. I'm not Anecdotally, sure. do you feel like you've got some examples of where, you know, without that information in that CRM, we would have made a decision that would have been X and would have been the wrong one, or we would have treated a customer like this, or we would have missed this opportunity? There may be something like that that sticks out. Well, here's what I would tell you is that we are doing a much better job now with the CRM of targeting past customers and targeting 
prospects that we've identified by oh, having yes. a tool like this. Right. It was really freewheeling back in the day, and each salesperson kind of did their own thing and had their own lists and did whatever. And you couldn't tell what people were doing. No. And, you, and if and you, you have turnover in a sales role, which every organization does, then the new guy starts all over again. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So when the new guy comes in today, we hand them a list and say, here's a group of customers that you need right. to reta- retain. Here's the history of them. Here's how to contact them. Go to town, get started. Beautiful. Right? Yep. Uh, and then add in the new people, right? Right. And keep growing the list of known users of our products and service. Our goal, our vision is to have every known user in the state of Michigan that buys a product or service that we have in that database so that we can target market to them till the end of time. Beautiful. Yep. Yep, and that's the way you're going to grow. We talked a little bit about the lessons. You've kind of woven those through the conversation here, Brad. Lessons Mm -hmm. that you learned from implementing the CRM. Is there anything else that you can think of that you might want to mention if a listener's thinking, this is the time for me to do something different in my operation. i got to bring this to my leadership. What what other lessons might you share? Yeah, let me add two more into what we've already talked about. One is I've kind of touched on, but um, I'm going to say less is more. So when you get started on this thing, don't bite off too much that you can chew. I mean, your eyes will be wide and you'll want to put all that food on your plate at one time, right? Uh, don't make the Thanksgiving mistake, okay? <laughs> go a little light. Make sure you can eat what's on your plate because you can always go back for seconds. Absolutely. Right? So less is more when you start out on this thing and probably, frankly, in every project you do as you yeah. add on throughout the years. That's great advice. The other thing that I would say is that Understand it's going to take you longer than you want it to, mm-hmm. all right? Both yeah. from a doing the projects, the initial projects themselves, but more importantly, it's going to take your users longer to learn how to use it. In that very first project that we did with our commercial sales team, the day we installed it, we did uh, we did a day or two days worth of training, hands on at their computers in a learning in a classroom learning style, uh, with the consultant folks in the room helping out and walking us through. That was great. And then we spent six months, once a week, doing a one-hour webinar and actually going through it on the webinar and having people ask questions and showing them where to click and how to do things. And as situations came up, they would ask, well, how do I do this? And we'd show them or we'd say, geez, we never contemplated that. I guess we better go back and add that to the CRM and figure out how to do that. You know, there's nothing like getting into it and getting your fingers on the keys and looking at all the fields to realize you might want to do something different or you don't have full understanding. You just got to get in and work with it, don't you, to figure out what it can Absolutely. do for you and what else you need it Absolutely. to do for you. So it takes time. So recognize that up front and plan for it. You, yeah. need, you need that in a project like a CRM. So, Brad, as you've rolled out the CRM system, I'm just going to guess that that has radically changed the culture here at Crystal Flash in the way you work together as a team, the way you manage your business, take care of your customers, um, tossed into that too, that you went through an ESOP. You're now mm. an employee-owned company, sure. right, yeah. within the last few years. Mm-hmm. So how does this evolution change the way you work together and change the culture at Crystal Flash? Sure. That's a great question. 
And we have gone through a lot of cultural change here in the four years that I've been here with the change in ownership from a private company to an employee-owned company two years ago. That's been a huge cultural shift uh, and a pretty neat one, frankly. Yeah. Really neat. And uh, so that'd be a great topic to explore sometime on another one of your podcasts. Absolutely. Uh, a lot, a lot of an ownership being taken by people. I, I would say that this organization in its first 80 years, there's a lot of long-term employees here, people that were bought into Crystal Flash, bought into the family environment mm-hmm. here. And the family was very good to people and treated folks well and, and was fair. And I think moving to the ESOP actually just ramped it up to a whole other level where people are like, wow, we took this great company and now we own a part of it, right? Isn't that's that exciting? Pr- that's pretty neat. Yeah. And so as it, as it relates to the, to the CRM, people can buy into the vision of, geez, you know, this is my company. These are our customers. And this needs to be an ongoing company. Even when I retire, when I leave this company, it's still going to be here. I need to leave something for the next group of people that are here, the next group of owners. And so being willing to put their information into the CRM, being able, being willing to use it, being willing to make suggestions on how to improve it, all that stuff has really shown up on a day-to-day level at the CRM, Yeah, which is neat. It's also given us a great way to talk about customers and to talk about prospects and to use the same language, okay, so that it's easier to communicate. One of the things you find when you do these CRM projects is that they have their own language, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, Microsoft or Salesforce, or they'll, they'll call things leads or prospects or suspects or companies versus accounts or all these different kind of things. Going through a CRM process, um, designing a process forces you to get that language into one set of language and one manageable, understandable context. Mm-hmm. And that impacts the culture. So, you bet. So we know in our minds, we, we know what a lead is. We know what a, a, co- a company is. We know what a contact is because that's the language that comes along with the CRM. It helps standardize that and therefore makes it easier to have the conversations amongst ourselves and right. know what we're talking about. Yeah. It really brings some cohesiveness to the team. You're speaking the same language. Not that everyone wasn't working together well before, but in some ways, I'm driving the truck, I'm mm-hmm. calling on the customer, I'm doing my piece, but that CRM allows you to see how you're part of a much bigger picture and you're all really working together mm-hmm. and for each other now as an ESOP. So it's a real neat evolution with your culture that is pretty exciting, I bet, to be a part of. Very much so. Very much. I, I've This is a great journey to be on. I'm really pleased to be here. Excellent. Brad, tell us if people want more information about how to put a CRM in or have questions about what you did, want to know a little bit more, can they contact you? Can they reach out to you? Absolutely. Absolutely. No problem at all. And uh, for your listeners who know you, they can contact you and get my information. But again, I'm Brad Morrill, and they can call the company uh, at Crystal Flash and just ask for me. Sure. I'm, I'm the only Brad in the whole company, so they can just ask for Terrific. Brad and they'll get to me, actually. That's ex- and what's the <laughs> website to get the phone numbers and all that information? Sure. From? Crystalflash.com. And uh, that's another nice one. We've just rolled out a brand new website here about 60 days ago. So Love that. Fresh it looks and great. new and modern. And I would encourage people to take a look. Terrific. Brad, thanks for being with us today on The Welsh Wire. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to The Welsh Wire. We hope you'll join us for the next episode. For more information, visit welshandassociates.net.